Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on Episode 71 of Health Talk with Dr. Cal. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we're in Part 2 of a series that dives into Why Can't I Lose Weight? What's My Body Type? In Part 1, Podcast 70, we discussed the three different body types, ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. This week, we're going into detail about how to determine which body type you are. We'll discuss metabolism, eating habits, frame size, and what your body was like in your 20s. Also, we'll discuss how to train and eat for your body type. Welcome, everybody, to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we're doing podcast number 71, Why Can't I Lose Weight? What's My Body Type? Part 2. And uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Kell. Hi, Nikki. Hi, everybody. Before we get started, which I'm super excited to dive back into this topic, um, I wanted to do a couple funny quotes on dieting and that sort of thing. Your body is not Amazon Prime. It's not going to show up in two days. And then the second one is, my doctor told me to stop having intimate dinners for four, unless there are three other people. That's by Orson Welles. So, <laughs> some light humor to get us started in this uh, topic. I'm not going to throw my puns out there anymore. <laughs> oh, you're welcome to. They, uh, but Orson yeah. Welles was not, he was, I think, wasn't he quite overweight when he passed? They, oh, was he? I think so. That's funny. I, I remember right. <laughs> they, uh, so. Well, that makes sense then. <laughs> he knew he was eating for four. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty truthful of him when uh, he said that. Apparently that inspired his, uh, his quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, he saw the humor in it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amazing guy. Uh, yes. So we've been talking about, and we talked about in podcast 70, the three types, the three body types, ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. And so we're not going to re-explain what those three things are uh, like we did in the previous podcast. So if you're not sure what we're talking about there, we'll, we'll go over a little bit as we go. But... Uh, uh, we're going to start out by talking how to determine what body type you are, those three, so that you can apply that to your life to help you with whatever your uh, body goals are. And I would say whatever your health goals are, really, but if you're you're wanting to, to drop some weight and you can't seem to be able to do it, learning what your body type is will help you to determine what the best ways to uh, reduce your body fat content would be all right mm. okay so in this article that we've been uh, refer referencing which uh, I like it's, it's called uh, body types ectomorph mesomorph and endomorph okay and it, it says how to determine your body type perhaps it was immediately obvious which body type fit you as we explained previously but if it wasn't also consider how you react to food and exercise while we may not fit a body type exactly, we will fit into one category better than the next and have a predominant body type. Actually, Nikki, maybe um, maybe you could briefly explain what the three are if you remember. Sure. Yeah, Go absolutely. Ahead. The ectomorph is that slender, thin, fast metabolism, uh, less muscle, less fat, just thin, thin person that everyone's uh, been jealous of their whole life, basically, I think you said. <laughs> yeah. 
And then mesomorph is kind of a square-shouldered, athletic. They gain muscle easily. They have an efficient metabolism. Not fast or slow, but, you know, it's efficient. And then the endomorph is uh, described as shapely. They gain body fat more easily. They have medium to large joints. Um, and that's that's how I have it. Yeah, that's a good explanation. Yeah. Good, good, good brief explanation. So we'll go into now uh, some... Uh, ways to determine your body type. Number one is metabolism. Do you gain weight quickly after going on a lazy holiday? If you lose this weight rapidly after a change in diet or some exercise, you are probably a mesomorph. If you struggle, mm -hmm. yes, if you struggle to lose these extra pounds, then you may be an endomorph. If you don't put on any weight, you most likely are an ectomorph. So. That's that's a good uh, which one would you put yourself in mesomorph mesomorph Def so definitely yep. more of a description of a mesomorph for you good okay eating habits number two if you consume a large amount of calories and are still slender you are probably an ectomorph if you keep a rough eye on what you eat and don't gain weight you are probably a mesomorph so mm -hmm. i would take that to mean if you you kind of tend to pay attention to how you're eating and you probably, in, and in doing so, you really don't gain weight. Mm -hmm. So that place you in the mesomorph. And that, that fits you more too? Yep. Yeah. Yep. You, you track. Maybe splurge now and then, but uh, don't overdo it. Yes. See, if you consume few calories and still gain weight, you are probably an endomorph. All right. So that's eating habits. See, wait, go no more for one time. If you consume few calories and still gain weight, you're probably an endomorph, which would describe someone with a low metabolism. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're probably more sedentary. You're probably not exercising much. You probably, um, and if you are as exercising a fair amount, still not losing any weight, but gain it easily without what you consider not eating a lot of food, uh, you, you may, and I would recommend you, Get your, uh, do some blood work, do some stool sample tests, and see if you got some organ issues, some mic microbiome issues where your uh, your gut floor is off, and so that can play a part in uh, uh, storing fat and not burning it as well. So get those, get yourself checked out if you would label yourself in that category. And the other areas too, it never hurts to go in and and have the blood work done from time to time. I, I don't do mine enough, but I would recommend to people get your blood work done at least once a year, do your stool sample. If you're having issues with your digestive system, uh, definitely do it then. If you're not, it doesn't hurt to get it, that checked once a year or every other year as well. Hmm. Okay, think back. Let's see that. Let's see. Oh, frame size. Did we talk? We Okay. Nope. Nope, frame size. Next, number three, to determine whether you are small, medium, or large-boned, or joint, large point, bones or joints, encircle, okay, encircle your wrist with your thumb and middle finger. So let's say that again. To determine whether you are a small, medium, or large bone person, encircle your wrist with your thumb and middle finger. So put your thumb and middle finger around your wrist. Okay. okay. If your middle finger overlaps your thumb, then you are small boned. Ectomorph. If your middle finger and thumb just touch, or maybe almost touch, 
your medium-sized bone, and if mm -hmm. your finger and thumb do not touch, then you are large-boned. What are you, Dr. Cal? Actually, on my right hand, I just barely touch. I got a squeeze to touch. On my left wrist, I can easily touch. So, I'm sorry, vice versa. Left hand on right wrist, I can touch very easy. Right hand on left wrist, I have to squeeze to touch. So hmm. that's interesting. So yeah. bone, bones in my right, on my left wrist are a little larger than my right. Um, hmm. So, but I, I'm pretty sure that would still place me as the mesomorph. What about you? Yep, I'm still in the mesomorph. I can okay. touch easily. On, but I don't have, and I, I would, can't over. Go ahead. I can't overlap, but I can touch. Okay. And um, so if you uh, are in the uh, large bone category, I would say, you know, if you're trying to touch and you uh, can squeeze and touch like I can on my left wrist, or if even if you are very close to touching, I would still put you the mesomorph. If you're talking, you got a, a quarter inch and still can't touch or more, then, then you would say you're in the... Uh, in the endomorph category. Mm -hmm. To help determine your body type, think back to your early 20s, a time before age or metabolism, your metabolism slowed as you got older, making you more prone to weight gain. And lifestyle transformed your body into what it is today. Okay, that makes sense? Yeah. Okay, so think back to your 20s, Nikki. Mm -hmm. And think about what you were like then. What would you have labeled yourself then? I was still athletic. I probably had a little bit more weight on me. Um, so still the mesomorph. No changes there. Yeah. And I would say the same thing in my 20s. I, I actually weighed less in my 20s, but I had less muscle mass. Uh, in fact, I when I, I spent a couple of years in South America, I went down there as a missionary for my church. And... Uh, um, it was in Colombia, and believe me, the food I ate, I, I didn't eat a lot. Uh, in fact, I got sick a couple of times with uh, amoebas, they call them, in my gut. Oh. And I got down to, probably when I left, I was probably in in the 165 to 170 range. Um, mm. But when I came home, I weighed 155 and was fairly thin, but actually I found I could run much easier and, and it was uh, hmm. um, probably a more healthy weight, but people would have called me skinny then or thin. I don't think I looked bony, but or I mean like anorexic type look. But uh, yeah. um, today I'm, you know, I, I tend, to, tend to fluctuate. E even eating better, uh, if, I, if I don't uh, pay attention, I think I'm kind of more like you. I, I'd say I have a, uh, I cycle with, with about a 10 pound cycle where I, if I tend to eat a lot more and add in a little more junk food or processed food now and then, I'll gain a few pounds here and there, but I kind of have a limit. If I get up, if I hit, I, I, I tend to stay around 180 to 185. Mm -hmm. If I, uh, I sometimes I'll creep and hit 190 even now and then hit 195, but I pretty much I'm at a cutoff point there. I, I never let myself get over that because I'm just too vain, I suppose. And so I, and, and I, and I don't want to spend money on new clothes. <laughs> or you just don't feel as good. at one Oh yeah. Time. You start feeling more fatigued. I, 
and and oh. uh, less energy and all that. And that's I, usually what it is for me, Doctor Cal. Is like yeah. if I gain weight, I don't feel as good. I have more aches and pains, and I just the inflammation hurts. So I know that I need to cut the junk food out. So I'll be around 125. Like right now, I'm around 125, and for me, that's actually a few pounds heavy. If I'm 122, that's kind of like my perfect weight, and 120 is good too. But if I get above 125, I feel bloated. I don't feel as good about myself. And I just, yeah. So I know that I'm up a few pounds right now and I could cut back on my junk food. So you would say maybe you have like a three, two to three, four, five pound roll where you're kind of, where you kind of like, you get down and then you, you know, you splurge a little bit now and then you go out to dinner a little more, you, you know, have a little bit more junk food than you should and. And so you'll gain a pound or two, but when you hit 125 or right in that range, you're like, okay, that's enough. And yes, exactly. you'll uh, kind of cycle back. Yeah and, yeah. and see, I wouldn't call that true yo-yo dieting. I would, I would put yo-yo dieting where you uh, gain 20, 30, 40 pounds and then drop it and go back and forth and back and forth. You know, I, I think it's typical for most of us. Now, if, if you're an absolute fanatic and capable of, and I shouldn't call it fanaticism, but it, it does take effort and sometimes significant effort to never pick up a candy bar or never eat a piece of cake or, or never uh, uh, eat a cookie or, or never eat any processed food whatsoever, you know, never go on a yeah. trip and stop at uh, a uh, fast food restaurant or things like that. Right. So, that takes you know, fun. yeah, it really does. And so I think cycling a few pounds this way or that way is is a common and typical thing among most people, even those that tend to try to eat more healthy than others. But the yo-yo dieter, I would call somebody who they go on that diet, typically a, a low carb or keto, you know, which a keto or, or protein, low, high protein, low fat, low carbs or high fat, some protein and low carbs. Those types of diets, they'll drop that. You can drop that 30, 40 pounds in, uh, you know, a couple of months, uh, wow. sometimes faster, you know, two to three months. I've dropped 40 pounds in two to three months. Um, wow. uh, one time I was got up to about 215, and uh, no, no, I've only done that once. But I got back down to 185, and that took me about three months. And so you lost 30 pounds in three months. Yeah. That's pretty fast. And uh, I, I dumped the first 10 pounds in probably 15 days and then wow. slowly took the rest off. I was going to the gym a lot and, and really watching what I was eating and and uh, focusing on healthy eating. So anyway, back to our list. Uh, wow. Let's see. We Number five, body type calculator. And this article has a link to a body type calculator, so we're going to post this uh, article on our podcast notes, so you can look up the t- body type calculator if you want. But basically, mm. it says here, use this body type calculator to help determine your body type. Is side-by-side comparison of all three body types, so that's why it's adding that in there. Um, so we went over that list the last time, uh, definitions of, so go back and listen to podcast 70, and it gives you a lot more detail about the differences in body types. But uh, check out that calculator, that calculator will help you determine your body type if you're really unsure. But as we've discussed previously, it will change and can change over time. So let's see. 
How to eat and train for your body type. Wait, Dr. Kel, what do you yeah, plug ahead. in the body calculator? Uh, actually, I haven't looked at it, uh, but it's probably just what we've gone over. You know, like specific and things, height. measuring, you know, the size of your wrist. Uh, yeah, your weight and height and, and uh, um, probably taking different measurements on your body, I would assume. And you enter those into the calculator and then it comes out with probably maybe ask you a little history. Uh, I should have gone in and checked it all out before we did the podcast, but I didn't. I just assumed, uh, you know, I'd just let people go on and check out the article and then link up to the to the calculator themselves if they're really confused about what their body type is. But I think the majority of people, when they uh, listen to both podcast 69 and, I'm sorry, podcast 70 and 71, uh, which 71 we're on now, that they'll be able to figure that out on their own. Yeah, I agree. It's always interesting, though, to like go on those things and figure out if yeah. it is the same. Yeah. So that's, that's nice to have that for them. Yeah, kind of fun. Okay, yeah. let's see. How to eat and train for your body type. All body types can be developed and body com composition improved with the right training and diet. However, each body type needs to approach their goals with slightly different strategies. So let's see here, diet and workouts for an endomorph. Endomorphs have the greatest transformational capacity of all body types. So the endomorph is the person who tends to be heavier, gain weight faster, etc. So endomorphs tend to be carb sensitive and get better results with a diet lower in carbs to help control insulin and blood sugar. Focus on nutrient-dense and complex carbs such as vegetables, good quality fats, and protein. Eat regular meals and avoid crash dieting. So crash dieting can slow your metabolism. For instance, what would I call a crash diet? That would be like really lowering your calorie intake extensively or going on a, a juice fast or a water fast. That to me, mm -hmm. like I said, I, I lost 19 pounds in 11 days drinking nothing but water every day for 11 days. Uh, that, that to me is a crash diet and a very unhealthy way to do things. Yeah. See, endomorph training. Focus on cardiovascular exercise for weight loss and to keep weight off long term. A training plan should incorporate a combination of moderate in intensity exercise, brisk walking like we've talked about, high intensity workouts such as high intensity interval training and CrossFit style circuit training which also help build muscle is recommended. Endomorphs should try to increase non-exercise activity or thermogenesis, also referred to as NEAT, which is the calories you burn outside deliberate exercise. Hmm. In order to burst metabolism, this involves adding a little extra activity here and there, standing more, pacing while walking on, or, or walking while on the phone. Hmm. It, it doesn't sound like much, but the fast, meta fast metabolism of ectomorphs may be in part due to very high NEAT, which may be as high as an extra 700 calories a day. Do you tend to, or I'm sure you know people, and I do this, so it must be helping me burn a few calories. I'll tend to, I'll tend to sometimes when I'm sitting, bounce my knee. Do you ever do that? No. <laughs> what? Do you ever have nervous knee bouncing or, or bounce both legs? I do that. No. In fact, to, to the point of where my wife sometimes grabs my leg and says, stop. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess I guess maybe we should get up and walk during the podcast while we're talking on the podcast, although it would probably be too noisy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, moving, moving. Keep yourself moving. Mm. Keep yourself moving, even in small amounts. Burns more calories. All right. Let's see. Diet and work. Anything more about the endomorph? 
So they need to eat a low-carb, nutrient-dense diet, do more cardio exercise, high-intensity, and increase their activity. Yes, to lose weight, they need to do those things. And to maintain a given weight, once they reach it, you know, for instance, Atkins' um, style diet, his was, for the first two weeks, you shouldn't be having more than 15 grams of carb a day. Uh, mm -hmm. Then after that, add them in, and, and once you re reach the level of weight you want to be at, you shouldn't have any, I believe it was any more than about 70 grams of carbohydrates a day, and or even less. You know, kind of fig figure it out for yourself. You know, maybe somewhere between 50 and 70 grams of carb a day, but totally eliminating your carbs long term can be very unhealthy, especially the Atkins diet to me was terrible because they were all focused about, uh, they didn't care about the type of protein you were eating. They didn't care about uh, uh, the types of fat you were getting. It was just don't eat the carbs and eat a lot of protein and, and some fats. We're fine because, you know, there's always combinations of foods have all three things in them oftentimes. Uh, but a lot of the processed foods have a lot, are low in proteins but have a lot of fat and carbs. And mm -hmm. so get off, get off the processed foods. But I remember he came out with all kinds of, uh, of artificial sugars in his, uh, yes. you know, you could buy his foods and they were full of artificial sugars because, you know, thinking people got to still craving those sweets. So this was the way they stopped craving the sweets. I can't remember what age Atkins died, but he died. I believe it was in his 70s. So he wasn't a, he wasn't a real healthy guy himself. But, yeah. Um, Doctor, yeah, go ahead. Doing the Atkins diet before I did that pageant and everything, I remember I tried a bunch of those bars. I don't know if they were necessarily oh, yeah. Atkins, but they were like high protein, low sugar, low carb. My stomach was in knots from the artificial sweeteners. It was so yep. painful for like a whole like day or something I until it, it got out of the system. Might have even been two days until I figured out, oh, I there's something in this that I cannot digest. It just was we awful. It is awful. We had a health food store back in 2003-2004 in Colorado. You know, back then we were, you know, we knew these things weren't that healthy for us, but of course we had a store and we wanted to provide people what was a health food store, but we carried the Atkins products because people, you know, you can't talk everybody into eating healthy. They just, a lot of people just want to lose the weight. And so yeah. I did some, I tried some of those bars and different things that he had and they, uh, I tell you that the artificial sweeteners, sweeteners in there tore my gut up, gave me the worst gas ever. Yes, the worst. <laughs> oh, awful. Because it's supposed to just go through and not be digested, right? Right. Not it's just absorbed. pushing. Yeah, it's keeping keeping your nutrients from being absorbed. Then you're absorbing all that poisonous artificial sweetener. So, staff, yeah. artificial sweeteners, everybody. I would yeah. definitely recommend well, it. Okay, well, diet and workout for the mesomorph. Okay, mesomorph. The uh, mesomorph here. Mesomorphs respond quickly to exercise compared to other body types. Mesomorphs do well on a diet with moderate level carbs. That includes vegetables, fruits, whole grains, include, include good quality fats. Help increase the good quality fats. Fats actually help reduce your appetite. And protein. So help to repair your muscles and keep you from scavenging or eating your muscles. See, and, and I really think the, uh, it, and this is a way to lose weight as well as maintain weight, and I think the, the endomorph, once they reach their weight loss goals, should trans, 
for to these kinds of diet too. If they're trying to, if they're trying to drop the weight quickly. I think an endomorph can follow a mesomorph type diet they're listing here and lose weight. It's just going to take them longer. See, mm-hmm. for weight loss, aim for a macro ratio of about 40% carbs, 30% protein, and 30% fat. Do you ever remember the diet? And I can't remember what it was called, but it, it was like the 30-30-30 diet or... or zone. The what? The zone. The zone diet. Yep. That one where you were having, having equal amounts of everything. Yes. Yeah, that was popular for a while. But again, yeah. they're saying the mesomorph is going to respond to that kind of a diet better than than, a, than an endomorph. Let's see. Yeah. Mesomorph training for weight loss. Focus on moderate endurance training and HIIT workouts to increase strength and build muscle mass. Lift moderately to heavy weights. You know, they're they're talking about adding in the heavy weights. I don't think anybody, unless you're really trying to bodybuild, always shoot for how much more weight can I do today? You know, yeah. find find a happy place. If, if you really want to increase muscle mass, yes, you need to add a little more weight each time, but don't go extreme. You know, if, if you can bench press 100 pounds and you're trying to get to where you can bench press 150 pounds, you know, slowly get into it. You know, maybe add two to five pounds a week. You know, okay, this week I want to get up to lifting 105 pounds. And then, okay, however long it takes you to where you can comfortably and easily lift 105 pounds, then transition to 110 pounds. But uh, some people, they, they're just pounding, 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 and rushing and pushing to get to a heavier weight, and then they cause muscle damage and et cetera, et cetera. Not good for you either, because when you get muscle damage, you build what are called myofascial adhesions, little knots in the muscle where you're building scar tissue in the muscle itself, and you shorten the muscle, tighten it, and then it puts compression on the joints, and then you develop joint disorders, like mm. knee pain and elbow pain and shoulder pain and neck pain, back pain, etc. And then yeah. you got to come see me to strip out all those adhesions. And it's it been there be, with you, huh? It's been kind of painful therapy, right, Nikki? Yep. <laughs> but it, it works. It works. It does uh, work. It's a lot. Okay. So, see. To gain strength and stand them without size, do supersets or circuit training and use lighter weights. And that's more what I'm talking about. The uh, So you have more reps less weight. The... Pilates and yoga and yoga can lengthen and strengthen muscles. So there's a good way to add in for the mesomorph, yoga and Pilates, and and the endomorph as well. Though it may be harder for the endomorph to to uh, get into those types of workouts. Take a while to stretch them out because typically, if you're way overweight, your flexibility is an issue, and so work into it slowly. All right, ectomorph. We're on to the ectomorph. Okay. See, ectomorphs tend to have a higher tolerance to carbs, but may become a little sensitive to carbohydrates with age. Either way, shoot for high-quality, whole-food carbs and skip the high-sugar fast foods. Eat healthy fats and try to consume protein with every meal. If your goal is to gain weight, eat every three hours and stick to healthy, nutrient-dense snacks for extra calories. Ectomorph Workout Long limbs and more slow twitch muscle fibers mean ectomorphs are great at endurance cardio. Use some of your cardio workouts to also build strength and power. Seek out hills if you're exercising outdoors. Ramp up the incline or resistance on the cardio machines or throw in some pyloric exercises. Ectomorphs who don't need to lose weight should still do some regular cardio to maintain cardiovascular fitness and health. 
Strength training is a key part of training strategies for ectomorphs. To build muscle, aim to lift weights at least three times per week using heavier weights and longer rest periods. So there you go. Those are the, the that's from our article from your three body types. And uh, next week we're going to get into Dr. Berg's uh, three uh, body types. He lists there's actually four body types and hmm. address, addresses them differently than the ecto, meso, and endomorph. He, he ties them into the function of our organs and calls them an adrenal body type, a thyroid body type, a liver body type, and an ovary body type. We'll talk wow. about those next time and go over those and discuss them oh. individually and, and why he came up with this as opposed to what we've just talked about. But I think there's overlap in all. I mean, he, he brought these up and focused more in because dysfunction of those organs give us a specific shape of our body. And we'll go into that more next time. So interesting. I can hardly wait. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Kell. That was, that was really interesting. I mean, I think a lot, a lot of our listeners will really enjoy trying to figure out, well, what am I and, and what's the best way for me to work out and, and what should I eat? And because it's funny how one diet or a way of eating works for someone, but it doesn't work for someone else. And the same with workouts, you know, what do you enjoy? What does your body respond to versus somebody else? So it's... Uh, well, it used to be when I was growing up, I used to think, uh, you know, as a kid, especially, you know, when I got in the eighth grade and started gaining weight and trying to figure out how to lose weight, of course, asking people, no, back in the in the 60s and the 70s, uh, you know, there, there were weight loss diets. In fact, I remember there were a lot of diet pills, basically giving you things to speed up your metabolism. There was a huge, huge amount of people, women especially, who were put on... Uh, amphetamines <laughs> to lose weight. Basically, the premise was uh, speed up your metabolism, eat less and speed up your metabolism. Those were the two ways of losing weight in those days. Amphetamine? Uh, amphetamine, speed, prescribed what? by the medical doctors. Oh, yeah. Oh huge, ma huge market back then. Uh, they were prescribing those things to everybody for weight loss. And uh, they and they wow. still do in different forms. You know, you go to weight loss clinics and, and they'll give you things like that uh, to uh, speed your metabolism up. But back then, you know, they had uh, the diabetic diet back then uh, because uh, they discovered that for a diabetic, if they cut out the carbs, then they didn't have these highs and lows and, and changes in insulin. And so they would get them off the junk food, they get them off the sugars, they get them eating more protein and fat, and that's really where Atkins developed. It, basically, Atkins took the diabetic diet and turned it into a fad for America. He went, well, diabetics can, you know, because they figured out when they put diabetics on these diet diets, they lost weight. And the, the intent was to lower their blood sugar levels so that they could function more normally and wouldn't even have these high swings in insulin they discovered they lost weight. Well, then Atkins was smart enough to go, wow, okay, I'm just going to take that uh, diabetic diet and call it the Atkins diet. And that's what he did. And he made millions on it. I guess my point of all that is it used to be speed up your metabolism somehow, whether through exercise or through pills or cut off your calories 
Basically, if you stop giving your so much fuel, you'll burn your tire. Rubber tire around your waist will go away or around your butt or whatever. Uh -huh. uh, it, you'll just re, you'll stop storing the fat and you'll your body will burn it up. Uh, what they didn't really think much about or realize is that oftentimes you're burning up your, just by going to a low calorie diet, you typically burn up your muscle before you burn up your fat. So you lose a lot of muscle mass at the same time on these kinds of low calorie intake type diets. So today, uh, as we've, the science has gotten better and more has been done, we've discovered that uh, your body tape, there's a whole lot more to it, and body type plays a part in it. And also, Dr. Berg goes into your organs play a big part in it. You will gain weight based on eating all this crappy food, based on how your organs are functioning, and which organs are, are having a problem also plays a part in where your body stores the fat on your body. Oh. So we're going to go more into that, and, and I think people will find that useful too when it comes to discovering or figuring out what body type am I and what do I need to do to help. You, you can lose weight from a target's perspective and that's what he goes into. If you have an adrenal type body or a thyroid type body or ovarian type body, all four of those, ovarian, liver, thyroid, and adrenal. So you figure out by looking at yourself in the mirror, uh, you may call yourself an endomorph or mesomorph depending on if you're overweight but also you can take a look and go where am I storing the fat okay that means my liver is not functioning well or my adrenal glands aren't functioning mm -hmm. well etc and you can add in that extra information to then help your your diet and your types of exercise you do to again boost your uh, not only your weight loss but improve your health so thanks for listening everybody Thank you, Nikki, for hosting the show, and you're great. So, thank you. Oh, thanks, Dr. Kell. <laughs> this is super interesting. I'm so excited to find out about next week's topics. So, yes, thank you, everyone, for listening um, and joining us again this week, and we look forward to speaking with you again next week. Com. That's D-R-K-E-L-L at gmail.com. You'll find the lowest prices on standard process whole food supplements at Holistic Health. .standardprocess.com. As always, we recommend you seek nutritional advice from a qualified healthcare professional before starting a supplement program. And for natural and organic health and hygiene products, see our sponsor's website at oceanbaynaturals.com. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of 
expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling.